from our studios on Florida's Gulf Coast. This is Women of Grace Live. Join us today as we discuss issues important to your life and faith. Spiritual insight, compelling discussion, practical wisdom. Women of Grace for such a time as this. Now, here's your host, Johnette Bankovic. Good morning, everyone, and welcome to Women of Grace Live. I am Johnette Bankovic. What a pleasure, delight, and blessing it is to be with you today. We so enjoy spending this time with you Monday through Friday right here on EWTN Radio, brought to you by so many marvelous affiliates throughout the United States and beyond. We're also happy to be with you via satellite radio, as well as all of the various apps that carry this good programming, and especially the EWTN app, which we always encourage you to download because it's just filled with marvelous resources. We certainly do appreciate joining you at this time and hearing your comments, your insights, and your inspirations. Today, however, we're not going to be taking phone calls. We will receive text messages from you, and we will receive messages from you via YouTube. So if you're listening to us, you might want to get out there to EWTN Radio's YouTube channel. You can watch us there, and in addition to that, you can submit your questions via that marvelous way of communicating. If you want to text us, text us to 55000. That's 55000. Today's a special day because we have a very special guest with us. And I have to tell you, I'm always so delighted when this particular priest can join us on the air. I'm grateful for all of the beautiful, beautiful opportunities we have to interview these good men of God. Father Wade Menezes is with us today, and uh, he always brings us something very special. And today we're going to be talking about this upcoming 100th anniversary of Our Lady of Fatima. We've already entered into the anniversary year for Our Lady of Fatima, but today we're going to be taking a look at it in terms of what this might mean for us, why it is that we should be preparing for it, and how it is that we can prepare our hearts. So we've got Father Wade Menezes coming up in just a moment do want to send you out, however, before we get started to our Women of Grace uh, website. We've got all kinds of good stuff for you there, and I want to remind you that we have an opportunity available for you out there that is going to be, I think, life-changing. We're actually going, going to go to Fatima. We're going to be going there this spring, and I'm hoping you'll join us there. So if you would like more information about that, get out there to womenofgrace.com. That's womenofgrace.com. Our producer today is Elena Rodriguez. Always a pleasure to have Elena with us. Hey, Father Wade Menezes, it's so good to have you with us today here on Women of Grace Live Radio. Hello, Johnette. Happy New Year. <laughs> Happy it's great New to be Year with you, you all too. again. Thank you, thank you, thank you. It's always marvelous to have this opportunity to come together in the name of our Lord and to see what he wants to say in us and through us and what he wants to communicate to us as well from all of those that are with us today. So thank you for your fiat. Thank you for being with us. You are very welcome. And I want to communicate to you a great congratulations on your newest grandchild, a granddaughter. (laughs) Thank you. Yes, indeed. Uh, We have grandbaby number five in that particular family. All together, that gives me seven grandchildren. Well, praise God. Praise God. you know, that is the number of perfection in sacred scripture, Father. That's right. <laughs> Just Amen. Saying. And this is a beautiful little perfect baby. And her name is Elizabeth Therese, and we're happy to welcome her to the to the world. And congratulations to her mom and dad, Thea and Micah Parsons, and thank you for your many, many blessings. I know you were praying for them throughout this pregnancy, and I thank you for that. You are most welcome, most welcome. <laughs> 
Thank you. Well, Father, here we are. We're going to talk about Our Lady of Fatima. We're going to be getting deeply into this topic, but this is very special to you for for a reason that I think um, we should chit-chat about for a moment. You are Portuguese, and I know that, that this is very meaningful for your family, but also for your for your countrymen of ancestry. That, that is correct. My family is Azorian Portuguese. When you talk about the Portuguese people, you talk mostly about either the mainland Portuguese people, the Azorian people, which is a collection of nine islands located in the mid-Atlantic between the the coast of Portugal itself, it's, it's west coast of course, and uh, the eastern seaboard of the United States, pretty much in, in the middle of the Atlantic. Or you talk about the Portuguese people of Brazil. Well, my family, Johnette, comes from the Azores, the collection of nine islands. Uh, my father was born there. He was born on the island of Terceira, which means the third one. It was the third of the nine discovered by the explorers. And my mother was uh, second generation American from the island of St. George, which is St. George Island. And uh, so I, I've had the opportunity to go back there twice, both in my childhood and, and teenage years. And uh, it's, it, they're just a, a a collection of beautiful, beautiful islands. Uh, now, at the dawn of this third millennium, uh, they've been called the, the Hawaiian Islands of Europe because they, they just attract people from all over uh, for vacationing and whatnot. And uh, they're just beautiful. If, if your listeners have a chance to go online and just Google Azores, A-Z-O-R-E-S, islands, uh, there are some beautiful, beautiful pictures there. Isn't that something, Father? And and you were telling me prior to going on the air today that the people of the Azores have a very deep devotion to Our Lady of Fatima. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. They have a very strong devotion to Our Lady in general and to Our Lady of Fatima in particular. And some of the Portuguese festas, fiestas, uh, which are all in honor of the saints or in, in honor of any one of the three divine persons that are held throughout the year, um, are are occasions of great, great festivity. And uh, Our Lady of Fatima is just one of those uh, that takes place on several of the islands. Mm, that is really remarkable. Do you, do you know any of the history of how those islands were, were founded? You know, uh, they were founded back in, in the 1100s. They also have uh, some history with the explorers being from, de from uh, Denmark, uh, the Danes, who assisted the Portuguese in building their ships. So the joke is, uh, my blue eyes come from Danish blood, <laughs> if you go back far <laughs> enough. But uh, yeah, so, so it, it's a really interesting uh, collection of history there with them. Yeah, that's that's fascinating. Well, we're listening today uh, here on, on EWTN Radio to uh, Father Wade Menezes sharing with us about the importance of Our Lady of Fatima to the Portuguese people. She has been endeared to the hearts of, of millions of people, though, since 1917, regardless of nationality. And uh, she, she seems, the, the devotion to her, I think, is one of the um, primary devotions to Our Blessed Lady. And it's amazing that within 100 years, such remarkable devotion to her could could grow as yeah. it has. Why do you think that is, Father? Well, I, I think it's because the apparitions of Fatima in and of themselves were very prophetic, Johnette, and also because of the fact that she identified herself in the last apparition of October 1917 as, quote, Our Lady of the Rosary. And of course, mm -hmm. the Rosary is a very, very staple, capital S, a very, very staple devotion in our Catholic Christianity, our Catholic devotions. So you not only have an apparition that 
took place over a period of months from May through October of, of 1917, um, one each month, that were very prophetic in nature. And I'd like to go over some categorical areas of those prophecies. Sure, um, absolutely. But in addition, again, the fact that she per se identified herself as Our Lady of the Rosary, which itself further is tied to the Immaculate Heart devotion, as she revealed that devotion further to one of the three Fatima seers at that time, the only one living, this is in the late 1920s now, Lucia, when she was in the convent in Thai, Spain, when she, or Ponte Verde, Spain, excuse me, when she revealed herself as, as the Immaculate Heart and how that devotion was tied to Our Lady of the Rosary. And that was in the latter part of the 1920s. Mm-hmm. Well, Father, we're going to have to take a break right here. And I do want to remind all of you today, it's a special day. We're not taking any phone calls. We are with you, however, via EWTN Radio's YouTube channel. You're welcome to go out there and you're welcome to watch watch us. You're also welcome to submit your questions to us that way. Father Wade Meniz is our guest talking about Our Lady of Fatima. This is Women of Grace Live. I am John Epankovic. The Wisdom of Mother Angelica. So many feminists who want to be equal absolutely degrading themselves. That you want to be a priest, you want to be this, you want to be that, you want to be equal. And yet the media degrades your nature, your beauty as a woman, your your goodness. What are you doing to your soul? Huh? What are you doing? Do you know what you're doing? You're taking a beautiful body, a beautiful soul, and you're degrading it into the dust. Let us pray. At some point, our dear Lord touches their hearts. January 16th. St. Elizabeth Ann Seton said, What are our real trials? By what name shall we call them? One cuts herself out a cross of pride. Another, one of causeless discontent. Another, one of restless impatience or peevish fretfulness. Yet we know certainly that our God calls us to a holy life, that he gives us every grace, every abundant grace. And though we are ourselves weak, this grace is able to carry us through every obstacle and difficulty. Let us reflect. Have I cut out a cross for myself? one that I have fashioned rather than the Lord? Could this be why this cross is so heavy? Today, I will lay down before my God this cross of my own fashioning, knowing and trusting that He is giving me the grace to carry the cross He has placed upon my shoulder. If you'd like to receive a daily grace line by email, go to womenofgrace.com and click on the word grace line and then check the box receive grace lines. That's womenofgrace.com. Hi, this is Father Mark from Life on the Rock. Thanks for listening to the EWTN Global Catholic Radio Network. Welcome back, 
friends, you're listening to Women of Grace Live. I'm Janet Benkovic, happy to be with you today. Special day right here on Women of Grace Live. We're interviewing Father Wade Menezes. We're not taking any phone calls today, however, so we do invite you to watch us out there at EWTN Radio's YouTube channel. You can submit some questions to us that way if you are listening. We invite you to join us right there at EWTN's YouTube channel every day where you can watch our program happening. And we also invite you to text us to 55000. Our producer today is the lovely Elena Rodriguez. And we're talking today with Father Wade about Our Lady of Fatima. When we went to the break there, Father, you began to tell us a little bit about the history of Our Lady of Fatima and specifically her messages in those apparitions. And uh, it's very prophetic in nature what Our Lady shares. And we've already seen some of those prophecies come to pass. And, and one of the big prophecies has to do with the triumph of her Immaculate Heart. And so I would say that we would be um, well advised to heed her words about that, especially because we've seen that the prophetic words that she gave regarding the Second World War coming and things of that nature have all come true already. That is correct. You know, I, I want to begin uh, talking about these prophecies uh, by first mentioning I marvel at God's goodness, Johnette, in regards that the 100th anniversary of Fatima f- f- follows immediately on the heels of the great jubilee year of mercy. Mm-hmm. Huh? And that's something. Uh, you know, Fatima, I, I want to I stress this, this is a very important point. Fatima was not so much apocalyptic in nature as it was first and foremost about the need for conversion and reparation, both on an individual basis of the individual, but also on a social level as well. For example, what she said about Russia as a nation, which I'll get to in a moment. So what two great themes, huh? Conversion and reparation, both individually and socially, to follow the Jubilee Year of Mercy. When Mm -hmm. Pope Francis himself said, we cannot receive the great gratuitous gift of mercy unless we first acknowledge fault and reckon oneself with God in regards to the reality of sin. Then the gratuitous gift of mercy is there. You know, Pope Emeritus Benedict XVI, he said uh, back in 2010, he said, quote, we would be mistaken to think that Fatima's prophetic mission is complete. Now, now these, these apparitions took place in 1917, and he's saying this in 2010. Yes. He says, we would be mistaken to think that Fatima's prophetic mission is complete. And then he goes on to say, may the next seven years, because remember he said this in 2010, may right. the next seven years which separate us from the centenary of the apparitions hasten the fulfillment of the prophecy of the triumph of the Immaculate Heart of Mary to the glory of the Most Holy Trinity. Mm-hmm. And Pope St. John Paul II, Johnette, said this back in 1982 when he went to Fatima exactly one year after he was shot on May 13th of 81. He went there to give thanksgiving to Our Lady on May 13th of 82, and he said these words to the crowd that was gathered there. He says, quote, the message of Fatima is, in its basic nucleus, a call to conversion and repentance, Mm -hmm. as in the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ. So again, uh, uh, reparation, conversion of the individual, and socially as well. You know, it's interesting, uh, Father, because uh, uh, that's a consistent aspect of all of the apparitions of Our Blessed Lady that have been approved by the Church. That that these, you know, conversion, repentance, this call to holiness of life, uh, all because Our Blessed Lady wants us to enjoy uh, the, the beatitude attitude 
of, of the offering of her son, our Lord Jesus Christ, through his salvific yeah. action on Calvary. And, and part of that grace, of course, and, and the fundamental part of that grace is, is the reception of the mercy and the love that he has for us. And without conversion of heart, without repentance of sin, we were not able to taste the glory of that gift that he wants to give to us. So she's always calling us into this dynamic yeah, of, right. of her son's salvific action. That's exactly right. Our Blessed Mother Mary has one goal in mind, to lead us to her son. Yes. You know, it's interesting, many of the church fathers say in one way or another, they write in one way or another, that just as the Blessed Mother had a profound role in his first coming, she will likewise have a profound role in his second coming. Mm-hmm. Now, again, I want to stress, I'm not a scaremonger here. I'm not saying that no. Fatima is 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 an apocalyptic message. I already made it clear that it's not that primarily. It's, it's second if anything, that, but it's not even secondarily, I don't believe. It's, it's first and foremost about reparation, conversion. And even St. Paul said, this is the, because the final dispensation has been given to us, yeah. uh, the, uh, the New Testament, we are now in that final dispensation period, waiting the glory of the return of our Lord. So yes. whether for one's particular judgment, if one is to die today, for example, by God's design, or for the general judgment at the end of time, we want to be ready. And this is where our Blessed Mother comes in. She wants to lead us to her son. In yes. regards to some of the specific uh, prophecies uh, foretold to the th- three shepherd children, Lucia, uh, uh, Jacinta and Francisco, uh, I, I want to share now with, with our listeners. First yes. of all, the, the prophecy of the end of World War I, which was then in progress, remember, and the coming of World War II, the most horrific and powerful forms of warfare that the world had yet seen w- were to be utilized during the Second World War. Um, she also told the children that a greater and worse war in reference to World War II would break out during the papacy of Pius XI. Well, that in of itself was another prophecy foretelling the name of a future pope because Pius XI would not reign until 1922 is when he would enter his office. And indeed, he would reign until the beginning of 39, uh, February when he died. And then in September of 39 is considered the official month beginning of World War II, and our Blessed Mother told the children that the current war is about to end, that was in reference to World War I, but a second and worse war will break out during the reign of Pius XI, and indeed, 1939 was that year. Yes. Okay, so uh, there was also the frightening vision of hell uh, to encourage Jacinta and Francisco and Lucia to pray and make sacrifices daily for poor sinners. There was the prediction of the immense damage that Russia would do to humanity by abandoning the Christian faith and embracing communist totalitarianism, that Russia would quote-unquote, our Blessed Mother said, spread her errors throughout the world, causing wars and persecutions of many, and that nations would be annihilated. And we think just one example of that would be Latvia, Estonia, and Lithuania. Mm-hmm. Um, Uh, a warning that if her call to prayer and penance for sins uh, was not heeded, there would be great suffering in the world uh, in general, and that the Holy Father himself would have much to suffer. You know, looking at those prophecies, and, and that's just the, the probably the main five or six that that come immediately to mind when you look at the six months, uh, the six different times that she appeared to our, to the children. You can you can say that all of these centered around five major areas for the individual who's the hearer of of the messages of Fatima, and they are these. A minimum of life, in other words, turn away from sin. 
make acts of reparation, and this daily. Uh, pray and make small sacrifices daily for sinners, even offer a, offering up daily duty, mm-hmm. uh, whatever that might be, uh, a, as a pleasing sacrifice to God. And this is a theme that you and I have touched upon many mm-hmm. times in the past, John, faithfulness to daily duty and how one can sanctify their life for themselves before God but also sanctify uh, others by offering yes. up daily duty practices for, for the salvation of others. Yes. Uh, thirdly, pray the rosary daily uh, with meditation on, on the rosary's mini- uh, mysteries. Uh, frequent the sacraments, especially penance and Eucharist, those two of the seven that can be received over and over again. And then thirdly, devotion to the Immaculate Heart of Mary, consecration to Our Lady, and the practice of the five first Saturdays devotion, which is uh, Mass and Confession and praying uh, five decades of the rosary on the first Saturday with prayers uh, for the Holy Father's needs and intentions, uh, all the while uh, also making at least 15 minutes of meditation on the rosary's mysteries, specifically in reparation to the blasphemies against our Blessed Mother's Immaculate Heart. Yeah, yeah, and and I think let's talk about that last one a little bit because I think sometimes people yeah. misunderstand. Well, why you know why would Our Lady say why wouldn't she say against the blasphemies against the Sacred Heart? Why against her Immaculate Heart? Because she's the Mother of God. She's the Immaculate Conception. She was uh, preserved from from all stain of original sin to prepare her for this office, capital O, of the Divine Maternity that we celebrate on January first. The mm-hmm. devil hates the Mother of God because mm-hmm. she was the vessel through which he entered the world to save the world. And we have First Genesis telling us that, that she has crushed his head. And he knows that. And he knows his time is short uh, here on earth to, to influence evil on people's lives. And the salvation, the eternity of souls is forever and ever. And he's after her because, again, her main role is to lead us to her son. And he simply cannot stand that. Mm-hmm. You know, I think also too, Father, when when we consider the fact that every title of our Blessed Lady and and every dogma about our Blessed Lady really um, is is, a, is is the moon, you know, yeah, which yeah. which uh, is is reflecting the light of the sun, right? So every title of hers says something about our Lord, and the fact that she was preserved from the stain of original sin from the first moment of her conception is really a statement about the glory of God uh, and 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 the and the exquisite reality of his divine life that would occupy her womb for nine months and yeah. so these blasphemies against her uh, under that uh, her immaculate heart is really a blasphemy against our lord yeah. you know and and so by virtue of that there's this correlation that's always in place and this unity that's always in place between our blessed lady and jesus yeah you attack the mother to get to the son so that's to speak, right you know yes exactly in, in in june of 1917 on june 13 she told the children God wishes to establish devotion to my immaculate heart in the world. I promise salvation to those who embrace it. And then in the late 1920s to Sister Lucia, she was very specific about those requirements that I just went over mm-hmm. uh, for the five first Saturdays. Uh, again, Mass and Confession, the praying of the rosaries, five decades, and then on, on five consecutive first Saturdays, and then to make reparation um, to her immaculate heart by meditating for 15 minutes on those mysteries of the rosary. So it's a beautiful devotion. If, if our listeners um, were simply to Google the five first Saturdays devotion, uh, there's some great, great materials there. 
PDF ready to print out uh, yeah. to learn more about this beautiful, beautiful devotion. You know, I wanted to say, too, this is very beautiful. You know, the bullet which hit Pope St. John Paul II in St. Peter's Square on May 13th, uh, 1981, is now kept at the Fatima Shrine, specifically, <laughs> I, I love that John Paul did this, yes. he, he had it melded into the crown of the Pilgrim Virgin statue that travels throughout the world. And and. and you know, note that May 13th is, is also the same date as the very beginning of the Fatima Portugal apparitions uh, of our Blessed Mother to the three shepherd children. Oh, wow. You know, it, it, it's a beautiful thing that we have all of this uh, connection yeah. that, that, that takes place. I, I'd like to mention just another one. You know, uh, Women of Grace has begun an outreach uh, through St. Cyril and Methodius Seminary located in Orchard Lake, Michigan, uh, where women can get um, a Master's of Theology degree with a concentration in Catholic women's leadership or a certification in Catholic women's leadership if they don't want to go through the degree program. My, my purpose in, in mentioning this, though, is that John Paul II, when he was Carol, well, once when he was Carol Wotia and once when he was Holy Father, I believe, visited the campus there. And he gifted the campus with uh, uh, a beautiful image of Our Lady of Chestahova and also a piece of the um, uh, uh, cassock that he was wearing at the time that he was shot. So it's a first class relic at this point mm. with his blood on it, you know. Mm. And, you know, when we think about that third secret that was interpreted by uh, uh, Cardinal Ratzinger, Joseph yeah. Ratzinger, who became now Pope Emeritus Benedict XVI, right. you know, we're very aware of the connection between the suffering of the Pope, et cetera, et cetera, that was going to take place. How do all of these things fit together within these devotional practices that our Blessed Lady is asking for? Well, she, she wants the person to live the fullness of their faith. Look, we don't want to become saved as, as isolated individuals. The human person is social by nature, huh? Mm -hmm. uh, in First Genesis, we hear those beautiful words after the creation of Adam, but before the creation of Eve, it is not good that man be alone, huh? Mm -hmm. And then in the, in, in the Gospels, our Lord, when he's asked by the apostles, teach us how to pray. Yeah. Well, that's a pretty profound question. And what does he give us? The Our Father. But specifically, how does he give us the Our Father? He gives us the Our Father in the first person, plural, huh? Mm -hmm. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses, not give me this day my daily bread and forgive me my trespasses and those who have sinned against me. Uh-uh. It, it's rather the first person, plural. So we are meant to live fully our faith as the human person is called to holiness in this world, an average of 78 years, to live and express virtue amongst others while living in the midst of others to, to lead others through good example. And, you know, the fact that the so-called miracle of the sun was witnessed by a great plurality of people, some 70,000, I think is a beautiful testimony to the fact of this social nature of what Our, our Lady's calling us to. Because when you look at, at the social nature of the call to conversion reparation, for example, through uh, in, in societies and from countries themselves calling to be converted, not just the individual, but also society at large, again, we're social by nature. And this message of Fatima has a great social impetus to it, if you will. You know, and, and I think that's a, a great a great aspect that needs to be dwelt upon when we're looking at the Fatima 
uh, anniversary, the, cen- the centennial and, and, the, and the individual messages themselves. Yeah. You know, o- overall, from, from those prophecies that I just shared with you categorically, w- there's some themes that evolve from the different apparitions themselves, May through October. And we can see the individual aspect as well as the so- social aspect. And I, I want to share those now, these, these different areas that evolve from the different messages that she gave the children. And here they are. There's some 12 of them. Uh, punishment of the world, that, that the world itself causes its own ills. Uh, in fact, at one point she said that she could no longer restrain the hand of her divine son from striking the world with a just punishment for its many crimes and blasphemies against God. So punishment of the world. Number two, amendment of life. Uh, She said, I have come to warn the faithful to amend their lives and ask pardon for their sins. They must not continue to offend our Lord who is already so much offended. Mm -hmm. The five warnings, some of which I just went through in the the prophecies. She says, quote, if my requests are not granted, Russia will spread her errors throughout the world, provoking wars and persecutions against the church. Many good people will be martyred. There will come another great war and various nations will be annihilated. Another translation says uh, various nations will be destroyed. Uh, Wars, she said, quote, wars are a punishment for the sins of mankind, personal and social. Number five, sins of the flesh. Uh, Later on, after Jacintha died, we learned that one of the things that Our Lady had revealed to Jacintha, particularly and individually, was that, quote, certain fashions are being introduced that offend our Lord very much. More souls go to hell because of the sins of the flesh than for any other reason. Now, this was in 1917. Do we know what the fashions were in 1917? Uh, Below the knee, uh, for example, of dresses, uh, down to the ankle, maybe just at the ankle. Uh, and and this, this was displeasing, she told Jacintha. Uh, sinful marriages. She says, quote, many marriages are not good. They do not please our Lord and are not of God. Mm-hmm. Number eight, daily rosary. She told the children, say the rosary every day to obtain peace for the world. And after each decade, say the following prayer, quote, O my Jesus, forgive us our sins, save us from the fires of hell, and lead all souls to heaven, especially those who have most need of thy mercy. End quote. Number nine, prayer and sacrifice, she told the children about. She says, pray, pray a great deal, and make sacrifices for sinners. For many souls go to hell because they have no one to make sacrifices and pray for them. Mm-hmm. This greatly affected in a very special way uh, Jacinta and Francisco, and Lucia too, but but we learned from, from the writings of Lucia later on in her memoirs that J- little Jacinta, Jacinta and little Francisco were greatly, greatly moved by this revelation of Our Lady. And yes. then I'll cover the rest, John, at uh, 9 through 12 when we come back from break. Yes, you're listening to Women of Grace Live, friends. Our special guest today is Father Wade Menezes. We're not taking phone calls. We are with you, however, via EWTN Radio's YouTube channel. We invite you to go out there and watch us today. And questions can come to us that way as well. Father Wade Menezes is going to be back with us after the break. We're going to continue our discussion today. In the meantime, we invite you to get out there to womenofgrace.com and see all of the good things we've got for you. We'll be right back. Stay with us.
scripture tells us that David beat Goliath with a sling and five smooth stones. Funny, the rosary looks kind of like that. The rosary is a Catholic devotional prayer. A set of one Our Father followed by ten Hail Marys is called a decade. You do five decades and you have a rosary. And for each decade, we meditate on a mystery from Jesus' life. So the prayers we're breathing in and out set the stage for an encounter with the Word of God. Do a quick search online for the mysteries of the rosary, which are different for each day of the week. What I really love about old-school Catholic devotionals like this is simplicity. I'll be honest, it's not always easy to pray or to lead my family in prayer. What do I do? What do I say? Rosary, problem solved. Look, every family's a mess in its own special way. Bring God into the mess. Your family's problems might be Goliaths. Maybe the solution's as simple as a sling and five smooth stones. This is Chris Stefanik from reallifecatholic.com on EWTN Radio. The Christian life on earth is a warfare. As baptized Christians, we are called to be soldiers of Christ, warriors in the kingdom, family of God. I'm Thomas K. Sullivan, author of the book, Call to Knighthood, and designer of the Warrior's Rosary. St. Padre Pio said, The rosary is the weapon for these times. Manufactured by premier Italian rosary maker Gorelli in Italy, this one-of-a-kind designed Warrior's Rosary brings together the elements of military combat and spiritual warfare. Each piece is custom designed to embody the reality of a spiritual warrior in the kingdom of God that every baptized Christian is called to be. This rosary features a warrior saint from different parts of the world on each of its Our Father medals. Let us ask in faith for the strength, the grace, the wisdom to engage in this warfare with the rosary. Get yours today at EWTNRC.com. This is Father Andrew Apostoli. This is Father Mitch Paqua. This is Dr. Ray Garendi. Thank you for listening to the EWTN Global Catholic Radio Network. Welcome back, friends. You're listening to Women of Grace Live. I'm Janet Benkovic. Very happy to be with you, and even happier because I have Father Wade Menezes with us today, and we're talking about one of my favorite topics, our Blessed Mother. Specifically, we are talking about Our Lady of Fatima. As you know, we have entered into the anniversary year. The anniversary comes up for us October the 13th in this year, 2017, and we're chit-chatting about uh, all of the, the, the beautiful words that she gave us at Fatima the prophetic nature of those words, uh, specifically what she is telling us in those words and their application to our life. And Father, when we went to the break, you were going with us through some of these, and I'd love for you to pick up where you left off and take us forward. Sure. Uh, number number nine was uh, prayer and sacrifice. She said, pray, pray a great deal and make sacrifices for sinners, for many souls go to hell because they have no one to make sacrifices and pray for them. And just before break, I said that that revelation to the three children especially affected little uh, Francisco, who died in, in 1919, and, and little Jacinta, who died in 1920. They are now both declared blessed in the church. They're on their way to canonization. And Sister Lucia, who died in 2005, her cause, by the way, has been introduced as as well, uh, just uh, a, a few years after her death by Pope Emeritus Benedict XVI. Mm-hmm. But some other themes that come out of the prophetic nature of the messages of Fatima. Uh, number 10, devotion to the Immaculate Heart of Mary, which we already talked about. She told the children, God wishes to establish in the world devotion to my Immaculate Heart. If people do what I tell you, many souls will be saved and there will be a great period of peace. Also, the first Saturday devotion, I mentioned that already, and then world peace in general, uh, that that uh, praying the rosary daily 
daily especially will help lead to world peace. And John Paul II, before he died, he did say, Johnette, uh, that that two staple intentions that should be remembered by those of us who pray the rosary daily, two staple intentions, of course, one can always add their own personal intentions as well, but two staple intentions should be the following for every rosary we pray. And I would like to add for every Divine Mercy Chaplet we pray as well. But what are those two staple intentions? For world peace among nations and also for the needs of marriages and family mm-hmm. life. You know, you know, before Lucia died, th- th- what I'm about to, to share is just phenomenal. I came across this just about a year ago. Before Lucia died, uh, she had a written correspondence with Cardinal Carlo Caffara, the Archbishop of Bologna, Italy. Uh, he was the one who was charged by now St. John Paul II to oversee the establishment of the main office of the Pontifical Institute uh, for Marriage and the Family, the John Paul II Institute for Marriage and the Family, which John Paul established while he was still living, and its satellite offices throughout the globe. It was this Cardinal Caffara that was that was meant to establish this, and of course um, there is the, the main office here in the United States is in Washington, D.C. But there is a prophecy by, by Sister Lucia uh, that she shares with Father with the Cardinal Carlo Caffara in a letter that he wrote to her once he was given this charge by John Paul II. He simply wrote her a letter, uh, and, and this speaks for itself what I'm about, what I'm about to read. Uh, th- this, this was in an interview that I came across with him by the Catholic Press. The mm-hmm. question posed to him was this, there is a prophecy by Sister Lucia da Santos, one of the three seers of Fatima, which concerns the final battle between the Lord God and the kingdom of Satan on earth. The battlefield is the family, mm-hmm. indeed human life and the family, of which marriage, of course, could be added. We know that you were given charge, Cardinal Caffara, by Pope John Paul II to plan and establish the Pontifical Institute for Studies on Marriage and the Family. Answer from the Cardinal. He says, yes, I was. And at the start of this work, entrusted to me by now St. John Paul II, I wrote to Sister Lucia of Fatima through her bishop, as I knew I couldn't write to her directly because of her monastery's enclosure. Unexplainably, however, since I didn't expect an answer from her, and seeing that I had only asked for her prayers for this endeavor that I had been charged by John Paul II, I was quite surprised when I received a very long letter with her own signature, a letter now kept in the Institute's archives. In this letter from Sister Lucia, we find written, quote, The final battle between the Lord and the reign of Satan will be about marriage and the family. Mm -hmm. Don't be afraid, she added, because anyone who works for the sanctity of marriage and the family will always be fought and opposed in every way, because this is the decisive issue, End quote. And then she concluded, Cardinal Caffara says, however, Our Lady has already crushed his head, meaning the head of Satan, refer to the book of Genesis. Uh, talking also to John Paul II, uh, Cardinal Carlo Caffara said, Johnette, that, that this was indeed the crux issue, even in John Paul II's mind, as it touches upon the very pillar of creation, the truth of the relationships between man and woman among the generations, again, the social aspect of Fatima. Huh? Yes. And if the founding pillar is to touched or tampered with, the entire building collapses. Yes. And marriage in Catholic theology is the very nucleus of society. And we see uh, this now uh, because we yes. are at this point and, and we know <clears throat> it. 
So. You know, it's an interesting point here, and I'm so glad, uh, Father, that you read that to us so that everyone could hear in Sister Lucia's own words yeah, that's right. uh, what Our Lady had to say about this. And one of those uh, prophetic messages that you read earlier on talked about the fact that, you know, we needed to pray the rosary every day or Russia would spread her errors throughout the world. Typically, We've thought of this in the sense of the political dimension of Russia and also its economic dimension, you know, its yeah. Marxist roots. Sure. Uh, and, and, and certainly that, that, is, that is there. But what we don't think about with regard to those Marxist roots is the philosophical nature of them and, and what that's tied into. And so those, I think, are the errors that, that our Blessed Lady might well have been referring to, at least uh, primarily. And one of those was the destruction of the family. That is very Marxist. And, and that, I'm afraid, is exactly what has been imported here in our nation and has become part of the fabric of our culture and our, our own uh, ideology as Americans, unfortunately. Oh, absolutely. You know, Archbishop Charles Chaput, he said not to too long ago, this was quoted in the National Catholic Register, quote, as families and religious faith break down, mm -hmm. the power of the state grows. There you go. As families and religious faith break down, the power of the state grows. And he added, John Ed, and th this is crucial, you know, I believe this is one area of, of the new evangelization that really needs to fearlessly be promoted, uh, the, the beauty of religious liberty and the beauty of natural marriage and family life. But he also I said agree. this, Archbishop Chaput, he said, quote, over the next several decades, Christianity will become a faith that can speak in the public square less and less freely, mm -hmm. and a society where faith is prevented from vigorous public expression mm -hmm. is a society that has fashioned the state into an idol. Yes. And when the state becomes an idol, men and women, its citizens, become the sacrificial offering. That's right. That's right. There, there you have it, Father. Yeah. And I mean, we're seeing this today. As a matter of fact, ironically, I was having a conversation with my sister last evening. I was driving home from the other coast of Florida, and we were engaged in deep conversation. We were talking about this very fact. We were talking about the fact that today, the sacredness of marriage and marriage as an institution has uh, completely been uh, deconstructed, if you will. And, yeah. and what's risen up is is this kind of laissez-faire attitude towards these essential sacred realities of the way in which men and women are to come together and the way in which society is to be formed and and we know that there are other errors that are associated with that uh, this this being I think the key one and and I'm struck by the words that Our Lady spoke to Sister Lucia and that she then passed on to Cardinal Kafara, and that is that, you know, not to be afraid, because people that stand up are for family, people that stand up for the realities of this are always going to be persecuted. So when we think about this, this anniversary year, you know, what are you anticipating in light of all of these things with regard to those of us uh, that have been called in a public way, uh, but, but those of us who are striving within the, the, the spheres of influence that God's entrusted uh, to us to stand firm. Well, what I anticipate and what will actually take place <laughs> could be two different things. <laughs> well, I appreciate I, that, but I want your insights, you know. Well, I, mean, I, w I would love it, love it to, s to be a year of many, many weekend Fatima conferences mm -hmm. held across the world, and, I, yes. and some are indeed taking place. I yes. know that I'm assigned to speak at three this year. One of those I will be co-speaking with Father Bill Casey, mm -hmm. uh, my fellow confer in the Fathers of Mercy and our, our former Superior General. Um, so, so we are doing 
doing our part in speaking at Fatima conferences that have sought out the Fathers of Mercy to speak at them. I would love to see that. I would love to see Fatima devotions at parishes monthly from May through October on yes. the sun on the Sunday closest to the thirteenth of each month. Yes. With beautiful celebrations of of the statue in, in procession, make it a com- a community parish event with a potluck. And I and I mean this monthly, huh? I would yes. love to see the family rosary reinvigorated in homes. Uh, she told uh, Jacinta that the the rosary will dispel evil in families. Yes. What a, what a powerful, powerful reality that is, huh? And yes. so these are just some of the things that I personally would love to see, but, but we need to continue to carry the torch beyond uh, the 2017 year. You oh, know, yes, of course. L- let us not forget that, that the Jubilee year of mercy itself, uh, 2016, was the 100th anniversary of the angel of Portugal appearing to the three shepherd children three times to prepare them for the Marian apparitions that would take place in 1917. He appeared to them in 1916. And the Eucharist was a strong part of the angel's three messages to the Mm -hmm. children. I'll go over yes. the prayers there in, in, a, in a little bit. So I believe that with Fatima's celebration comes a renewed invigoration of Eucharistic adoration. Yes. You know, uh, maybe a parish has no adoration at all right now, publicly, mm-hmm. of our Lord exposed in the monstrance. How about just Friday day-long ap- a- adoration, yes. or just three hours from the end of the 8 o'clock Mass on a Friday to 12 noon? Yes. Or if they do all-day adoration, how about making it a, a, a 24-hour period of adoration, or maybe even into a, a perpetual adoration chapel. Yes. You know, this is so important. One of the prayers that the angel taught the three children was, quote, Oh my God, I believe, I adore, adore. I trust, mm-hmm. and I love you. And I beg pardon for those who do not believe, do not adore, do not trust, and do not love you. Yes. And this while suspending the sacred host over the chalice. Huh? How beautiful. Uh, he also taught them this prayer, O most holy Trinity, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, I adore you profoundly. I offer you the most precious body, blood, soul, and divinity of Jesus. Jesus Christ present in all the tabernacles of the world mm-hmm. in reparation for the outrages, sacrileges, and indifference by which he is so offended by the infinite merits of the sacred heart of Jesus and the immaculate heart of Mary, I beg the conversion of poor sinners. Amen. Amen. So the, the yeah. possibilities here are endless, not only for 17, 2017, but beyond, you know, but, but I believe Marian uh, Christocentric Marian devotion that also at the same time promotes the most blessed sacrament. And let's not forget, Johnette, that that also um, th- this 2017 year is also the 100th anniversary of the Bolshevik Revolution. Yes, I when, know, it's incredible. When communism broke out in 1917 in Russia, yep. it's also the 500th anniversary of the Protestant Reformation. And of course, as we, we're talking this hour, the 100th anniversary of the Fatima apparitions. You know, I'm convinced, and I've said this on previous shows with you. And, and I, I mean this literally. I don't mean this as a metaphor, what I'm about to say. I mean it literally. We are living in a day and age of the making of great, great saints. Yes. And by that, I mean souls that go to heaven because every soul in heaven is a saint. They may not be a formally canonized saint. That's right. We have eight to 10,000 of those on the roster, yes. but everyone in, in heaven is a saint. And we have the virtue of hope right now in 2017. We have the virtue of hope that there's more than eight to 10,000 souls in heaven. So we are living in a day and age of the making of great, great saints, those persons who will go to heaven. And uh, it's also a proven fact of history that Holy Mother Church, the Bride of Christ, uh, goes through particular trials and, and tribulations in 500 years year intervals, and we're yes. at one of those right now, right? Yes. So th- around 500 AD, we had the great Christological and Gnostic heresies that had already been brewing for 200 years. 
by the time 500 rolled around. We had the great split between East and, and West, which was more of a split of, of jurisdiction, not so much one of doctrine. That was in, the, in 1054, so around the year 1000. In the 1500s, we had the Protestant Reformation. And now, 500 years after that, now in the 2000s, we have the great heresies of secular humanism and relativism, which brings yes. us back to what Archbishop Chaput just told us. That's right, exactly. You know, well, so. Yeah, I want to mention a couple of things here, Father, uh, to pick up on what you were saying with regard to the, the upcoming events uh, that are slated for this year. You're going to be with us for our Women of Grace retreat at Malvern, which is outside of Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. Yes. We do an annual retreat up there every year. Our theme is going to be on Our Lady of Fatima, so we want for all of you to be aware of that. That's going to take place the weekend after 4th of July weekend. I don't have the exact dates in my mind right now, but it's like somewhere around the 8th of July. So more information on that. So Father's going to be with us for that. Boy, let's, talk- let's pack that retreat house that week, huh? <laughs> let's do it. Let's do we it. What will a, do it. What a great event. <laughs> It's going to be a beautiful, beautiful opportunity in the Lord. So we want all of you ladies to sign up and sign up early because we will pack it. I'm, I'm quite confident of that. And so you don't want to be left out and it'll be preceded by a Benedictine Leadership Institute. But I also want to mention when you're talking about these uh, very special ways in which we can enter into this event and you're talking about adoration, I want to encourage all of you, if you have not planned to do so, this would be a terrific year to do so. If you cannot get to Fatima, go someplace very special here in the United States. And I want to encourage encourage you to get out to the the Shrine of the Blessed Sacrament in Hansville. Mm. You can make a pilgrimage there. Yeah. And, and what a beautiful opportunity to enter into the divine mystery that Our Lady wants you to know in her Son, our Lord Jesus Christ. So there's all kinds of beautiful things that you can do. We want to encourage you to consider that one. Uh, you can tour the EWTN campus while you're up there. I'm going to give you a number that you can call, but you can always go online to EWTN.com and get information, but if you would like to consider a pilgrimage there, 205-271-2966. That's 205-271-2966. And we do have a couple of uh, messages, Father, from YouTube, and we have Susan uh, uh, texting us through YouTube. Uh, She's from Ohio, and she's heard that the Russia consecration has not really been made. And I'd love for you to talk about that, because so many individuals bring this up so routinely and regularly when we talk about Fatima. Yeah, it has been absolutely made, and that from Sister Lucia's very, very lips and mouth herself. And I would like to add that Father Robert Fox, the great Fatima priest, who Mm -hmm. lived his final years out at the Shrine of the Most Blessed Sacrament in Hansville, Alabama, I sat with him at Lupe's Restaurant, (laughs) Mexican (laughs) restaurant in downtown Hansville, Little Rural Hansville, (laughs) and we talked about the 19... 84 consecration as to whether or not it was valid. Father Robert Fox, who I believe one day will have his cause introduced, he grabbed my arm with his hand and and squeezed my forearm tightly. And with his other hand, he took his index finger and he poked my the upper forearm of, of the one he had grabbed. <laughs> and he was poking it just as hard as, as, as he was holding my forearm. And he said, I tell you solemnly, Father Wade, that the 84 consecration is valid because I sat down with Sister Lucia twice privately and she told me herself that the consecration was valid. Johnette, let me tell you what section of a book does absolute justice to defending this truth. Father Andrew Apostoli, who's one of Father Benedict Groeschel's men, 
okay, from the yes. Congregation of the Franciscans of the Renewal, who are now a pontifical right order uh, as of the first of this year. I'm, I'm Congratulations very to them. proud to announce for them. They're dear, dear friends of the Fathers of Mercy. Father Andrew Apostoli's book titled Fatima for Today. Mm-hmm. It's put out by Ignatius Press. I have no personal ties to this book other than the fact that I've read it and it's excellent. And it's one that I mentioned to people who asked me this question about the 84 consecration by John Paul II as to not as to whether or not it was valid. He has an especial appendices in the back that focuses just on this question, just on this question. He goes through all the arguments, pro and con, about what people say, why it wasn't valid, why those that say it was was valid, and then he gives his absolute confirmation as well. And he does an excellent job in defending that truth. Yeah, I'm, I'm so glad you, you so clearly explained that to us. We have to put this to rest because it, it's yeah. a terrible distraction. The, the devil loves it. The devil yes, loves it. Yes, he does. He yeah. loves it, and it, it prevents us from moving forward yep. in, in what Our Lady is calling us to do. Also, Timoteo in Ohio asking if the fragment at the end of the prayer, you know, uh, that, that that Our Lady asked us to say at the close of each decade of the rosary, uh, the fragment, in most need of thy mercy, was that added later on, or was that part of what Our Lady initially told to the children? To my knowledge, it's part of the original wording as she revealed it to the children. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Now, some people will add it... Uh, at the beginning prayers of the rosary before they announce the first decade, there's no mm-hmm. need to do that. She specifically said this is the prayer to say after each decade. And so we say it then as yes. we sum up with the glory be at the end of each decade. Yeah, no shortcuts on the rosary, please. Right, right. <laughs> nor nor dragging it out so, so long into your own personal piety. That's not good either. Yeah. We want to be faithful to the rosary as Holy Mother Church presented, presents it to us yes. uh, in, in the in the. Colta, the official book of prayers, and then with that addition from Our Lady, which is a, from a fully approved apparition. Yes, that's exactly yeah. right. So, so let's let's be mindful of those kinds of things. And and I do. We, we're 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 getting so close to the end of our program today. But what I do want to ask you, Father, you know, we hear about this triumph, the triumph of the Immaculate yeah. Heart. You've got to share with us. What do you think that means? What is Our Lady saying, and what will that look like? I believe that it will be a period of peace, relative peace. Uh, prior to the second coming of Christ, where souls will be given ample, ample opportunity to see the beauty expressed of truth in the lives of others who are sent to be witnesses to them, people truly living their faith, that will attract even an abundance of others to the truth, um, and not let so much of the evil in the world distract them. And mm-hmm. it, it will it will be a time of miracles as well, I believe. Great, great miracles uh, where we will see manifested before us some greater than others, some may be visual, some not visual, visual, just things that happen miraculously. Uh, but it'll be a time for leading people to the, to the fullness of truth yes. prior to the second coming. Again, Our Lady has one goal, and that is to lead us to her Son, which means to lead us to salvation. Yeah. Uh, we have Shannon in Alabama, and she's asking, what can you do if you can't take off work or afford a pilgrimage to Fatima? And if I may, Shannon, if you're in Alabama, take a short road trip. It's not going to be long, regardless right. of where you are in Alabama. Go to Hansville. We can always take a pilgrimage in our own parish church by making the Stations of the Cross. This is one way to enter into reparation, That's right. which will lead us to conversion. And so the Stations of the Cross are a pilgrimage. That's why I think it was St. Francis of Assisi that gave them to us for that 
that reason. That's right. It, it was. It was St. Francis. And, and the church has upheld that teaching, and it's, it, it's in the Book of Indulgences, uh, the Stations of the Cross, especially on Fridays, but it doesn't have to be on a Friday. Uh, also, I want to make mention, Johnette, that Pope Francis has announced that he will be in Fatima uh, to kick off the centenary month of, uh, of May. He'll be there May 12th and 13th to celebrate Mass. Mm-hmm. He has also declared a special plenary indulgence during this year of the 100th anniversary of Fatima's apparitions of our Blessed Mother to the Three wow. Shepherd Children on the 13th of each month. If one does a pious devotion uh, with the statue of Our Lady of Fatima present and prays the rosary with the other conditions fulfilled, one can receive a plenary indulgence. So, Father Wade, where can we get information on those indulgences? Uh, at the Vatican website, uh, okay. www.vatican.va. Uh, navigate to the section on Fatima. They have a special section at the website. But also, if you just Google Fatima indulgence during the year of the Fatima apparitions, they will find it easy enough as well. Yeah. Well, I'll tell you, it's been a marvelous opportunity for you uh, to be with us today. It's, it's, a, it's our opportunity. Well, Johnette. <laughs> and we're so grateful for it. Time flies when I'm with you because time <laughs> flies when we're having fun. I know. And it's always fun to talk about Our Lady <laughs> and Our Lord and the way in which we can experience the abundant blessings of heaven through the gifts that they bring to us. You're a gift. Father Wade. Thank you so very, very much. Thank Friends, you. that Malvern Retreat with Father Wade is going to be July 7th through the 9th. Thank you, Elena Rodriguez, my dear producer, for getting the exact dates up there for me. You can go out to www.malvernretreat.com. You can actually begin to sign up now, I believe. want to also tell you that it will be preceded by a Benedicta Leadership Institute for Women. God bless you. Bye.